Hi and welcome to a new episode of MyCast, MyCast official podcast. I'm your co-host Kasturi and I'm your co-host Pallavi. We're incredibly excited to have on board today Mr. Ankit Kaslewal, the head of marketing for Titan's fragrances division, also heading marketing for Titan's newest and most ambitious brand, Tanera. Prior to this, he has been a strategic marketing leader for the Tata New app, a category brand manager for Hero Motor Corp, and he's also a Mykin. He has a diverse expertise in a range of sectors: automobile, retail, FMCG, premium, and luxury retail, as well as consumer tech. Thank you so much, Pallavi. Thank you so much, Kasturi. I'm also equally excited to be with you guys. You've been at the core of marketing while working across sectors like automobile, retail, FMCG, premium bridge to luxury retail, and consumer tech. Can you give us a sense of how marketing has changed and what remains consistent even today across sectors? So yeah, I think in my experience of working with various sectors, right from automobile to to personal and lifestyle categories like like Indian ethnic wear for Tanaira or premium fragrances for skin or consumer tech for the Tata new app, uh, I think the marketing has its own shades across sectors and. Uh, over the last few years what has changed is this breaking away from the formats uh, when i say breaking away from the formats is what i meant is that you know earlier there used to be a typical format of marketing where there's a brand name there's a brand tagline and then there is an atl btl of sorts and that's how the playbook of marketing was but now the playbook of the marketing has become extremely contextualized to the sector that you are operating in to the consumer that you are catering to and to the market in which your in which your brand is placed in uh so just to give you example you know like some of the new age brands like like a zomato or an ola uh, or an uber or a or a flipkart or an amazon uh you know these brands don't have a tagline they still have a very clear pers- perception and positioning in the minds of the consumer uh and there is a certain playbook that they have created for their own self uh and they have gone by that uh so that is one clear change which is ha- happening and there are still traditional iconic brands like a nike which still says just do it uh, but still there is a lot of breaking away from the formats uh, for the new age brands the other thing which i feel is is that a lot has changed with the consumers so you know the earlier the bigger you were uh, the better you were uh, and hence the bigness of your of your brand or your entity evoked a certain trust in consumers uh, however i think that is shifting very very drastically now uh the bigger you are there is a higher element of doubt in the minds of consumer uh because everything which is which is massified at scale uh lacks a certain trust with the consumer and hence the need for personalization which which is you know coming in regardless of what size and stature of brand that you are uh so if you are a d2c smaller brand obviously there's a heightened sense of personalization which which the marketers are doing but even if you are a large scale uh, mass brands you need to see and seek a solution which gives customization at scale uh, to the consumer so that is certainly uh, i think is is one thing which is changing a lot so it's 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 no more that you know you you are a big brand you have a great product and a great proposition uh, the believability of that proposition uh, it's under tremendous doubt in this day and age uh, because there is an opinion and a counter opinion to everything that uh, any brand is is doing or saying so i think that is also one thing which has which has changed a lot another change which i'm observing is that as brands are no more talking like brands uh, you know they there's they, they have humanized themselves to a great extent 
Uh, and the more uh, they are doing that, the better they are becoming in terms of forming that connect with the consumer. As a brand, I no more talk as an entity to the consumer. I talk as a person to the consumer. And hence that uh, relevant level of connect, uh, which which is there or, or which is not there because some of the people are doing a great job out of it. Some of the people are not doing so great job out of it. Having said that, the counter to it is also, you know, uh, is true that, you know, the consumers are seeking a genuine sense of authenticity from the brand. So I think the need for authenticity is the most heightened at this moment from the consumers. So as a brand, if you're not authentic, uh, be it whatever that you are trying to do or trying to say, if people find any iota of uh, gimmickiness to it or a sense of uh, a false layer to it, then or anything which is too, let's say, for example, advertising in their minds also, there is an immediate pushback or there's an immediate alienation of the brand by in the minds of the consumer. So I think these are the changes which I'm largely seeing at large, which is happening in marketing. Having said that, what has not changed is, a, is an interesting question. I feel the power of consumer inciting uh, has not changed at all uh, no matter if you are in technology or you are in a in a lifestyle brand or if you are in a in a in an fmcg environment or whatever that environment is you know the inciting the more powerful your consumer insight is the stronger your ability to communicate to the consumer would be and regardless of what level of ai machine learning or, uh, you know, any any MarTech or any automation of uh, programmatic uh, digital marketing that may happen, you can't evade the process of a strong consumer inciting. So I think that's something which is which has remained a constant. I think it's really interesting that you brought up insights because our next question is around that. And I think I totally agree with you in that the way brands are speaking to people has changed. Like, for example, one of the emerging cohorts is Gen Z, right? And brands are now gearing their communications to talk to this new emerging cohort because soon they'll be earning and they'll be the ones making consumer decisions. But at the end of the day, consumer behavior stays like at the crux of whatever communication we make. And since we're talking about insights, um, you've developed and weaved your youth marketing expertise to pioneer campaigns for skin, which is Titan's fragrance range. So I want to understand what has been the process behind garnering these insights and then implementing them in the real world when you put the campaigns together. The process of consumer insight itself has gone under a change over past few years. And... Uh, at least I don't go by uh, by the books when it comes to uh, consumer inciting. I would tend to not do a typical F- FGD and, you know, bringing eight people in the room and doing a discussion and then trying to unearth insights from that. I think two things which which I feel is, are the most important in any consumer inciting generation process is first is the sampling piece. That how right is your sampling? Because and this, you know, people will realize more once they come in the in the real corporate world that there are so many marketing agencies out there. And with all due respect to them, the profile of the uh, of the audience which comes into uh, your sampling, you know, it's it's very difficult to get them right in in, in the first go. And hence, uh, I personally feel that um, snowballing is the is the best way of sampling the consumer. Snowballing essentially is uh, finding people within your network and making them as part of your sample cohort. So, you know, if I, like, say, for example, I will give an example of Tanaira. Uh, so Tanaira is an Indian ethnic wear brand. 
primarily focused on sarees okay so we don't we didn't when uh, when we started venturing out uh, in terms of building this brand we didn't had any parallel uh, in india which was doing a very organized way of brand building in the space of sarees there are a lot of regional brands in in sarees who are doing very good and they have been there since generations uh, but there's not been one single pan india sari brand which is you know done a organized way of retailing of sarees so hence how 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 do we go about in, in understanding this this consumer and how do we kind of go about in uh, you know reaching out to them so what we did is that you know what is we said that first let us get people uh, who are actually passionate about the category let's understand more about them but how do you get those people is a question so what we did is that we we kind of reached out to people within our groups within the groups on facebook there are a lot of sari groups on on facebook which you know really come together and celebrate this attire and we formed whatsapp groups among among these people and you know just started interacting on this topic of sarees and basis the interest which was kind of exhibited by these people we recruited them as part of our panel uh, to understand more about uh, the category uh, more about their usage their attitude towards this ethnic wear the second thing uh, is the way you go about uh, you know conducting your research and that depends a lot on what is your topic of research so you know something as like a fragrance is very personal and intimate in nature to a lot of people you know at the surface of it people will say very few things about why they use a certain fragrance and why they don't use a certain fragrance or how much their category adoption is or not it or or it's not uh, but if you dig deeper at 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 more personal level you will find multiple reasons coming out of of the people in terms of why they use the a certain fragrance and hence your mode of doing that research needs to be in a way where people get an environment to open up to you and actually pandemic has helped a lot in in this to us uh, which is ironic in nature but it actually has kind of blurred a lot of things uh, you know earlier you had to get all the people in one room and there was a moderator and there is certain awkwardness between the moderator and the respondents and then you know they open up and then you know that they are getting recorded etc etc but now that people are more comfortable with zoom calls more more comfortable with you know coming online and talking about it uh, in their own home environment they are much more comfortable in terms of uh, speaking at times we are also okay with uh, you know they kind of putting off their camera and talking because people are much more vocal in that case So yeah, that's what largely I would say about the consumer inciting process. Uh, so Ankit, you stressed a lot about the importance of like thorough consumer inciting, but at times, or despite a lot of research, also certain things can go wrong. So what I'm talking about is lately we have seen a lot of controversies and backlash around certain marketing campaigns that have also made brands revisit their strategies. So what are some green flags that you keep in mind while designing a campaign So see we are living in the age of uh, <laughs> uh you know extremely woke people out there who are while very woke but their tolerance uh, to a lot of things has has gone down by quite a notches and we are also living in a world which is a very polarized world whether we like it or not uh, that's the reality Um, the other reality is that uh, 
you know because of the social media everyone is living in their own you know i would say i would not say bubble but in their own comfortable spaces so if you are for example if you are a left wing person or if you are a right wing person you tend to gravitate towards a content which serves you that that philosophy or that uh, you know stance on things and then you are served more and more of that and hence you feel that you know the entire world is like this and people who are not talking like this you know why are they even thinking about the other things you know this is the reality this is what the the world is and hence more the polarization because these two people are actually not talking to each other uh, come what may and hence what is very important is that regardless of your own stance and regardless of your own ideology you keep that aside and factor in sentiments and beliefs from both the sides because as i said that you know there is no there is no right or wrong but unfortunately in a very polarized world that we are in today the two uh, don't see each other and hence when a brand is speaking it needs to be cognizant of the values virtues and beliefs of both the sides and at the same time as a brand you are expected to have a stance so uh, it is i would say difficult times uh, to uh, to be in to take a stance but fortunately we have taken stance and we have done errors also in that uh, to be very honest and with those errors we have also got a lot of learnings so the green flags that we now look for is that you know we first ask ourselves uh, how inclusive is our communication you know are we doing something which is alienating or singling down on any caste religion ethnicity uh, orientation uh so first is inclusivity second is uh is the context that are we doing justice to the context so you know uh, there are various campaigns that we did and i will not go into the details of it you know let's say for example hypothetically speaking if you are talking about let's say for example a communication which talks about masoor dashera you know just very hypothetical example so how true you are to that context and how good you have done the detailing of that context is very very important in in today's day and age because there is one thing here and there and people are willing to you know blow it out of the proportions which you don't as a brand intend to do but i think that uh, that detailing of the of of the context uh, is very very important and the third piece is if you have taken a stance and which you know that you know is, is a possible controversial stance you should very well know what would be your reaction to the controversies that that stance might generate to and that reaction is something which again as i said earlier needs to take into account both the sides of the argument without sounding uh, that you know it all as a brand and the other person in either of the sides is is spoken down to or it's it's felt is is feeling that it's been condescending as a brand to speak to someone like that you know for example a lot of our ads uh, and a lot of titan brands be tanish titan tanaira or uh, you know even skin you know diwali is a huge thing for us uh, it's a it's a huge tail event and you know the anything and everything that we we have said about it offlet has been met with with you know a point of view so uh, you know if you burn crackers in diwali then also there is an issue if you don't burn crackers in diwali then also it's an issue so so hence uh, you know it, it it's it's important that when you put out a s- statement out there you are cognizant of both the sides and not kind of a flag bearer of saying that this is right right or that is wrong so yeah that's what largely it has been
Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that the backlash has become so much more magnified as well, right? And that's also just an effect of trends. The fact that there's enough internet penetration now that people are so online that they can immediately give backlash. Whereas I would say in a pre-internet era, most people would at most maybe boycott your product. And yes, of course, that affects the bottom line. But there's no like online visible public relations backlash that would be seen it would maybe arrive a day later in the papers but today within minutes of an ad going live you can see people's reaction to it the visceral reactions that they're having and you know this is a trend that no one could have predicted given like 10 years ago in marketing and of course we also can't really predict what's going forward but we can maybe have some future expectations so i want to understand from like startups and also to large scale brands you have a lot of like cross sector experience So I want to understand, according to you, what do you think lies in the future? What are some trends and opportunities that you spot on the horizon when it comes to marketing? So you know, this is one, this is one thing which I have been often asked at a lot of other forums also. That is, what is the next big upcoming trend or the you know spotting an opportunity kind of a thing? You know, but before that, I would uh, once again go back to something which I feel is very timeless, and then we'll come to the spots and the trends. So you know, I'll I'll give you an example of an actual research which was done. There were these two people who kind of uh, unfortunately met an accident, which kind of affected that part of their brain, which helps you process emotions. Because of that, you know, these two people were totally emotionless. So they can't feel sad, they can't feel happy, they can't feel uh, depressed or you know anything like that. That emotional part of their brain was somehow kind of you know hit in a way that they can't feel any emotions. So you know that made a certain section of the society very excited about them because you know they are like the perfect people to research on, and they said that you know let's research on them because it's often said that uh, it's your emotions which cloud your judgment and now we have two people in the room who don't have any emotions and hence they are most likely to take the most effective so this people uh, presented uh, them various decision making scenarios with all the possible facts and uh, objective inputs uh, in terms of information for them to take the decisions and guess what happened after that they were not actually able to make any decisions whatsoever these people were incapable of making decisions purely based on facts figures and objective inputs the conclusion of the study was that as human beings we need emotions to make decisions and we later on rationalize for our own self uh, with the support of facts and figures to justify the decisions that you have taken so emotion is your first gate to make the decisions and you support it with various logics facts and figures later on to justify to your own self or to others that why you have taken that decisions so as a business as a product as a proposition uh, as a human being you have to tap into that emotional space of a person Uh, of a being and that i feel will remain timeless uh, regardless of what happens in terms of technology regardless of what happens in terms of trend spotting and as long as you are able to do a good job out of tapping into that emotional 
need space of the consumer i think you will be ahead of the curve in terms of the trends and the and then the latest things which might be happening in the world of the technology or otherwise so yeah that would be my first submission counter to your question in that sense now coming to what i feel is the you know the is the upcoming trend and certain um, you know spotting that we have felt i feel there is one upcoming trend which only is going uh, you know more and more up is this heightened sense of pride which people have in their roots it's something which is which we are observing uh, you know as a group as in, as a marketer and also as an individual and this heightened sense of pride in one's root is across age groups uh, in fact more in gen z and uh, uh, i think as a nation you know we are uh, at a at a place and time where there is this phenomena is happening in at a much larger scale and hence anything which is you know coming back to what i was saying earlier is very authentic in its offering is something which is uh, you know being latched on uh, much more versus something which is not authentic and that trend you will see across that trend you will see in the movies which are getting released you know how they are kind of getting received or getting boycotted or in the brands that are uh, being used by the people or uh, in the content that they are con- con- consuming or in in the way they are dressing up um, etc etc so earlier there was a, a lag be- between what was happening you know in a more developed economies and and then that getting adopted to a developing economic like, like india but now i feel that because of this heightened sense of pride in your roots you know you are looking for things uh, for adopting things around you versus something which is uh, which is really far off uh, in in the west so i think that is one uh, one clear trend also uh, you know when we do any uh, any consumer audit of a wardrobe audit or a dining table audit or a bathroom audit for any of the consumers you know what we are seeing is that there is a sense of a very curated set of products you know which people are using you know if it is if it's personal skin care or if it is uh, any lifestyle fashion brand or if it is any any appliances cookery etc and all there's a sense of curation which is coming into uh, into people's life and hence you are seeing a lot of spurt of the d2c brands which are which are happening across so 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 you know there are there are a lot of brands which are very small in nature which people might have spotted on instagram or on on facebook or youtube uh, or recommended by someone from their circle uh, which may not be big but it is something which they kind of relate to you will find that in their wardrobe now which is a far more easier entry into people's life versus what it used to be earlier i think overall the consumer is becoming more trusting and more willing to experiment and willing to you know give that benefit of doubt to the new brands as long as he or she is able to relate to the purpose of the brand uh, or to the philosophy of the of the, of the brand so yeah that is certain, certainly i think is another trend which is which is there so ankit we learned a lot about marketing from you and i'm pretty sure our listeners did so too now would we would like to take you down the memory lane uh, 14 years ago you graduated from maika and i'm sure it has had the same impact on you as it is it is having on us so what role has maika played in your marketing journey in hindsight after so many years if i were to see uh, what role maika has played in my life 
Um, you know, I would say two things, uh, and I think both are in a way uh, related to each other. Uh, I think the first thing which it is is that uh, it has let myself be me. So while I have absorbed a lot uh, during the two years of Mica, uh, but somehow the institute and the environment uh, around you in the institute uh, let yourself uh, be you. uh which i think is a very very important thing because also what it does to you is that it makes you extremely self aware and then when that happens i think you also become extremely observant of things around you uh and i feel that one of my strength is my ability to perceive and i think that strong sense of perception uh comes from my ability to be me which i think is also what mica has held in instilling me so you know there is this journey which you go through typically which is uh, you know you are in the campus and you are trying to figure out what's happening you have certain expectations they may or may not get met or you feel that is some something totally different etc etc and then then you kind of kind of accept what things are going around you and all and then you kind of settle down and you know you are one with yourself i am talking a bit more philosophical <laughs> which i feel is something which is very unique to mica uh, because uh, you know at a lot of other places uh, you end up doing a lot of things and you end up chasing a lot of things but uh, somewhere uh, what mica does is you know it kind of celebrates uh, your uniqueness and uh, you know i would always strongly recommend that no matter where you are in in your life or in your journey don't lose yourself uh, because there is something else which is going on which is which seems to be more uh, you know uh, more trendy or more more materialistically rich richer but that could be you know at that point of time the phenomena uh, but in the long term if you are what you are and uh, you continue in in believing that i think that's where you end up doing uh, good stuff So um I think we really enjoyed the philosophical angle to your answer I think honestly it gives us a little bit of clarity as well as people who are currently students and who will be going down the path that you've already covered so far and in that path you've amassed a wealth of knowledge with your years in this industry and there are all these micans who are tuning in young professionals in the industry who are tuning in what wisdom would you want to impart to the budding marketers of tomorrow two things one is Um, your sense of curiosity and your sense of not being entitled uh, i think takes you to great places and i think both go hand in hand you know if you are curious enough then you would be able to strive for knowing something which you don't know and if you don't have that sense of entitlement to you then your journey of knowing that is also something which is uh, which will be faster and easier uh, in that sense so you know uh, just to give you an example uh, i feel i'm fortunate to be part of tata group because as a group uh, this values are pretty much instilled in a lot of uh, people in in tata and uh, it's something which is celebrated and uh, you know like i have been <clears throat> absolutely amazed uh, the kind of humility uh, with which a lot of ceos operate in tata group you know i've seen them go that extra mile in terms of understanding 
you know operations as banal as dispatches from warehouse to understanding how does metaverse works what does all it all entails to interacting with the carriers in the factory just to know what their pain points could be etc etc so i think this sense of curiosity and this sense of humility is what i i feel in my personal experience is, is something which really makes you um, you you know you're a sponge which can keep on absorbing more and more and the more your ability to absorb the more your ability to grow so so yeah i think these are the two things which not only just as a marketer but i think as a professional and as an individual i think helps uh, people and especially curiosity for marketer uh curiosity to know people curiosity to know why people are making certain choices curiosity to know what's going around uh curiosity to understand uh, the underlying behaviors patterns i think that plays a big role in terms of you know how insightful uh, you can be thank you so much for your answer ankit i'm sure our listeners will have a lot to learn from it now we'll move on to a different segment which is the student question segment So we reach out to our uh, student community at Maika, and we introduce the guests, and we ask if they have any questions. And we received a lot of questions for you, and we have selected the top three. So the first question is from Joel George, and he asks: While Titan Skin is a market leader in India, does Titan plan to compete with designer fragrances in the international market? So. Um... we are the number one fine fragrance brand in india and if you see largely the brands which are out there which is gucci armani christian dior they are all designer labels uh, who have come with you know their perfume offering and skin as a brand is already competing with all this designer brand in a large format store environment uh, so what is a designer brand is a is a question in itself but i feel that we are already competing with all the designer brands out there So I think that's a really cool answer, and I think Joel will really appreciate that answer as well. But we have another question from Ananya Sharma, who is also from PGP One. Uh, she asks, "How do you see marketing to the youth as a cohort evolving today, and what do brands need to do to keep up with their agile younger audience?" Some basic pointers. So you know, this question also is often gets asked, and you know, we always almost treat Gen Z as aliens which have come descended from some other planet. uh and they have this you know horns on their head kind of a thing <laughs> so you know at any given point of time there are certain meta trends uh which are there and at any given point of time those meta trends are largely applicable uh to the youngest of the generation at that point of time uh, because that's the one which is living in that uh, and the closest uh to that so this is the generation which has seen scarcity which has seen uh, environmental threats which have seen existential threats uh, in terms of a pandemic which has seen financial threats in terms of recessions which has seen warfare threats in terms of russia ukraine china taiwan all these global disturbances this is also the generation which has seen everything in terms of instant gratification so the con- the aggregation of all this is actually a very difficult aggregation to be a part of <laughs> and all uh, i think all this events which have happened in last eight odd years uh, would otherwise have happened over 100 odd years you know for some other generations so i think uh, when you're marketing to them 
being cognizant of this is is something which i feel comes most handy in terms of you know talking to this audience hence sustainability uh, i feel is something which is uh, which is a big trend uh, and which is something which is here to stay uh, uh, you know being uh, being genuine and honest and authentic uh, is something which is which is here to stay and third piece uh, is being you know ability to give a brag point to this uh, audience is something which is which is here to stay but that brag currency is is a different currency for different cohorts of the consumer so if you are a if you are a phone brand uh, you know this set of audience is not someone who would go uh, for apple uh, just because it's a supremely expensive a premium brand uh, but it would go for something like a, there's a new brand called nothing it's superb in terms of its tech space uh, specs so you know that that's a new talking point which 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 anyone owning that phone has and uh, that's the brag value that i'm talking about uh, so the brag value is not only a question of how much premium you have paid uh, but why exactly you have bought a brand and what purpose that brand solves in general for for people uh, around themselves and for the, their own self uh, i think that's where marketing to this cohort is what makes it very interesting our final question is from dhruv bhargav he asks titan has always been known as a brand for watches among the masses how difficult was it to shift the mindset of the tg and what marketing strategies were devised to position skin so you know uh, titan as a brand uh, has certain uh, you know inherent ethos uh, to it while it is for masses but i would say it always had a a, a premium sheen uh, to it uh, which is which is enough uh, to consider it as a gift worthy brand uh but at the same time not that much also that it people said that it it was not a value for money proposition so from that point of view uh you know uh, it's a very quintessential indian middle class go to brand uh, in 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 that sense but that has also changed over a period of time okay what you are talking about is the classic titan watches but within titan portfolio there are multiple um, sub brands you know which caters to different needs and there are different price points so there is titan draga uh, which is uh, you know indian uh, women dresswear watches brand and uh, then there is there is titan nebula there is titan edge titan nebula is is a luxury offering from from titan um which goes upwards of 2 lakhs and so and um, and then there is recently there are there are titan smart watches which which is there so you know i i would say that titan essentially like any other leader brand is commanding a market share of more than 40 45% has to operate across the spectrum uh, right from the entry to the pre, uh, to the premium to the luxury so does titan also we didn't feel that it was a shift which was required to be made uh, in fact what we felt is that there's a lot of equity uh, which we can ride on and hence the need uh, to introduce a newer category and a newer sub brand which rides on the equity of titan so when perfumes were launched it was called skin by titan and titan played the role of endorser to you know evoke that immediate sense of trust to evoke that immediate sense of a, a parent brand which is Uh, so known for its quality 
and for its its offerings so yeah that's what uh, you know that that's what was the thought in terms of launching uh, the new category you know when skin was launched uh, in india the fine fragrances landscape was essentially all international brands so if you were to you you know buy a good quality fragrance you have to shell money upwards of at least 5000 rupees the category adoption of perfume was less than 3% or 4% at that point of time and the category adoption of perfume is still very less okay in india the category adoption for perfume is uh, you know 10 odd percent uh, so people can afford a four wheeler but they still might not be applying a perfume because they are not finding the category to be relevant enough or the need of the category to be to be enough to actually buy versus that if you see some of the uh, similar uh, nations to india like a brazil or a china the category adoption is upwards of 40 50% hence when skin was uh, launched the key uh, purpose of uh, launching skin was to drive category adoption and category relevance and democratize fine fragrance which meant that we have to be at a price point which is affordable by an average indian consumer and at the same time it needs to have craftsmanship of an international perfume all our fragrances were crafted by master perfumers which are the master perfumers behind all your international designer luxury brands so we work with only top 2 fine, fine fragrances house in the world based out of paris and all our perfumers are the master perfumers uh, which have also created the other luxury designer perfume brands in that sense so the proposition was to give you great international quality fine fragrances at affordable indian prices hence we launched it at a price point which was neither entry uh, nor premium uh, we launched in in the mastridge space and hence there is a clear segregation which which is there in the mind of the consumer from the do space so you know there is if you see fog axe wildstones of the world they are largely do brands who have also have the perfume offerings but if you ask an average customer uh, what is wildstone you know they will say it's a deodorant brand so in their mind that the distinction is not there uh, but if you ask them what is a skin they will clearly say it's a perfume brand that's the strategy that we adopted that we wanted to distance ourselves from all the deodorant play which was happening in india uh, but at the same time we want to be in the middle of the price points to be affordable and still be compared with international brands in terms of the craftsmanship and the quality yes i think that gave us a very clear insight into how titan and you know skin really came about with how they differentiated themselves and we are now at our favorite part often of the podcast where we do a rapid fire segment oh god and so kasuri and i will go back and forth between some questions you don't need to worry you can just like give your first answer that comes to mind and these are going to be very short answers so i'll begin the first question is what's your favorite fragrance so my favorite fragrance is um, forest rouge uh, it's, it's skin escapade forest rouge it's like a woody uh, kind of a fragrance which i really like okay uh, what is your favorite medium to connect with consumers instagram has to be instagram i think if if anything i i have to um, you know know more about Uh, you know i kind of just search it uh, you know i kind of know what's the pulse and also the way instagram is it keeps bombarding you with that content after that 
so you know in no way you can't es- you can escape it okay what's an ad or a brand communication that you won't ever forget i don't know how much known this uh, brand communication is this this ad came i think some 3 4 years back uh, certainly pre pandemic i think uh, which is from jindal steel it's a beautiful brand i strongly recommend to see this uh, communication it's a beautiful ad so it basically uh, talks about uh, i think geeta fogat uh, that uh, uh, wrestler there's a there is a narration going on where she's walking uh, to the arena and there is a narration going on about uh, how she's not supposed to do what she's doing and it's in contrast to what she's doing visually it is in contrast to what is being narrated and it's a beautiful contrast that they have they have shown and the end frame just says um, jindal steels uh, well of steel i my personal favorite communication is, is is that so the next question is what excites you about being a marketer today that every day is a new day i think that's what excites me most uh, there's no monotony there is no set pattern uh, every day is a new day uh, i think that's what excites me most and finally describe maika in one word I think uh, Maika in one word the word which comes to my mind is ideas. Okay, I think that's the best way to sum it up. Thank you so much Ankit for joining us today. We had a lovely time talking to you. Same here, same. Here. I loved it. I loved every bit of this interaction. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. Thank you so much. Thanks guys.